Ladies and gentlemen, fellow revolutionaries, welcome to meet your congregation with uh, Jay and, and, and Caleb. We uh, have uh, been doing this. This is Caleb's idea, and it's been pretty good. I have to say, uh, this is probably the interview that I've been most excited about doing, and um, I want to start off with saying, welcome to Yarborough country. Um, so I'm going to introduce my buddy, Brian Yarborough. Brian, welcome hey. to Meet Your Congregation. Hey, guys. And probably the only person we've interviewed who doesn't listen to the services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened That's, to my talk uh, about I- seven years ago. That's a lot. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I have listened to many services, um, and you and I uh, catch up quite a bit. But um, I consider Revolution my congregation, even if I'm not listening to the services. Well, fantastic. That's yeah. that's how we like it. Mm-hmm. We prefer that you don't listen. Just <laughs> send right. your tithe. Um, Brian, let's start out with. Um, Let's start out with how you heard about Revolution first, and then let's talk about how we met. But how did you first hear about Revolution? Uh, Well, I heard about Revolution from the Sundance documentary. Really? So, yeah, in that, I I don't think you and I have ever covered how we heard, how I heard about Revolution. Our, Our meeting was probably more of an interesting story, but I was, we had already started um, the Bible study out of the house and I was playing the documentary when, well, I guess I had heard about you before. No, DBC. I take that back. It was DBC. It was, you spoke at DBC. Deliverance uh, Bible Church. I didn't, I wasn't going to plug them, but, but, you, but, um, <laughs> but you were a pastor at Deliverance Bible Church. Yeah, I was leading worship. I never had the pastor title, but I was leading worship there in 2002. And right before I showed up, you had preached the infamous two-disc sermon. Yeah, a long, it was a long the, It was like they had a, they had like a meeting or a, a like a conference or something, and you had preached a sermon and the first I got disc two first and you started off by uh saying I was tying my shoes the other day (laughs) and and I was thinking about Ted Bundy (laughs) and that that was my introduction to Jay Baker and I was like okay this this is uh someone that I need to meet and then all all the guys were talking about like Scott Cannon gave you the the guitar yep and and uh yeah, it was so, and then I guess um, we didn't. You came, didn't you come back? Was I did the next come time back. you came back for another, like a nation of the underground or something? Yes, right? I did. And so I would have been playing music then, but we didn't really, we didn't really get to talk. But because I was kind of running around dressed in all black, and I was, uh, I was kind of avoiding the conference because it was a little bit. Um, evangelical or a bit uh not even evangelical but what's the word i'm looking for a little bit what no but like evangel <laughs> it's not evangelical it's no, it, was, uh, it was pentecostal pentecostal it was like a really huge pentecostal thing and me and my buddy matt de benedictus was there 
and Matt was being super triggered by all that stuff. So we went and saw (laughs) Team America. So that's why we probably didn't see each other because Matt couldn't hang out in that environment. And you like left your banner and stuff. Like you guys just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, I never got my banner back. Well, surprise, they burned it. Yeah. No, they didn't burn it. No. They probably burned it. It's probably burned. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot I, I forgot it went back way further than that. So so then um then the documentary came out and I you and I still hadn't really talked and then um I was doing the church in Houston, still connected to DBC, but I had moved moved back to Houston. And then I was going to New York. Why was I in New York? I was visiting my wife's family and our mutual friend, the chipper. Yep, the chipper. Uh, the chipper uh, said, hey, my friend Jay lives there. I'm like, oh, Jay Baker made the connection. Said, hey, why don't you, you would like this dude. Um, and we met up outside of, where was where was Vince Black playing Betty. before Union? Black Betty. Black Betty. Yeah. And uh, so Vince was playing and my wife was with me and she and her cousin went inside and listened to Vince. And you and I basically sat outside for like On a bench, yeah. And you know that I did not want to meet you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Chip- oh, because of course I was with DBC. Yeah, and I had ha- kind of had a little bit of a falling out with DBC. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to meet a DBC pastor. I, I don't really want to deal with... <laughs> you know, this a weird theology conversation. And so I was a little reluctant at first to meet you. And little did I know we would become closest of friends. Well, yeah, that's what I, and I kind of, at that time I was, I mean, I vividly remember that conversation because I was like, Jay, I don't even know how to deal with this. I was kind of, I was moving away from DBC and, um, and you kind of counseled me through that, that time period as a resource because I, we were connected to this church. We were supposed to be this church plant in Houston. My theology was way different than the pastor there. Um, and it was creating this big rift. And, and actually I don't, you were kind of the catalyst for me eventually getting booted from there. Yeah. Like my friendship with you was what ultimately, because you and I were, you know, we'd chat on Twitter and stuff like that. And this pastor would see it, and he eventually sent me this long email about how my relationship with you was was not good for me, and like, um, and so which I then that was like, I I was so close to you by that time that I fired back and you know said a bunch of stuff to this guy, and and that was that was it. The, yeah. That was the next the next week we were. We are no longer a DBC church and changed the name and, um, and, and moved on. But thank God that you were, you were there for me because I didn't really know how to navigate like the exit strategy at the time. Yeah. I remember that. And I was like, you need to continue to do a church. Yeah, we did. We went, we went six years past that. Yeah, you did. Um, and, and still like even this past year that, we kind of had like a spike and the, there were a lot of ex people from that church that were really hurt by some of the actions of those people and, and began to speak out. And, um, and then I got, I got not roped. I willingly participated in voicing, 
the hurt that was caused by that church. And then uh, it's funny because it was just like the beginning of August was a year since that church. The pastor called me a snake in the grass. So wow. like even all this time later, he he didn't like being called out. So uh, something like snake in the grass, ex-believer, ex-pastor, um, and, uh, you know, put it all out there on Twitter, which I mean, I guess that's the, uh, that's kind of the ultimate, ultimate goal is showed his true colors. So yeah. you can see exactly, exactly what, you know, I know he, I know he didn't like the way it played out. I definitely didn't like it, but I'm glad, I'm glad that's behind me. Yeah. Seems like distant, distant those, memory. Those now. things don't always. Yeah. I mean, I, I found, I find leaving any church often requires kind of a hard break, you know, because we don't know how to move on and people get so possessive and, and hurt. And it's like, we don't know how to like disciple people and say, Oh, okay, move on. Great. You know, without being like it being a bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it's obvious. Like, I think a lot, the natural reaction is like, you left a church, um, you left a church and now you're not a believer anymore. Yeah. Or, or you're the wrong kind of believer. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're, that's it. You're you're just the wrong believer. Yeah. And even it it goes like a step beyond that is like, I, I never, the perception is that when you call somebody out for something that they've done, that's, that's wrong in a church, you're like, uh, you know, I don't know. There's like a, there's a, probably a more Christian way to say it, but you're like, you know, accosting the, the Lord's disciple or something, or like, you know, coming against the chosen one. Um, (laughs) it's like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know what, uh, but that, but it's like, no, it's not that it's like, you were a jerk and like, you have to own up to your responsibility, but so many people are able to hide behind, well, no, that's what the, that's what God told me to do. So I'm just, if you have a problem with anybody, you have a problem with God. And that is always sat so wrong with me to be like, well, any hurt that I've caused, I was just following the Lord, man. And yeah. if you have a problem with that truth, yeah, it's a, it's it can be a tough break. And I've luckily been able to sit down with people and have them tell me what was wrong and why they didn't want to be a part, and been able to be like, hey, you know what? I get it. I've even had people been like, you know what? I was wrong there, and. I've been, you know, lucky to be transparent because I've been on that other side of it before too, you know. It's terrible to be in that position. It's terrible to be in that position as a as a pastor because you're you are going to make mistakes. Yeah. And like and sometimes you're even going to think that it was God. Like yeah. or I feel like I'm being moved in, in this way or to say this thing or to do this thing and and you have to you know, eventually have some self-reflection and be like, no, man, I got it wrong. And, and I mean, nobody likes to be called out. And unfortunately pastors are a target a lot of times and they're a lot of times not able to be wrong. But like when you have a series of wrongs and, and you continue to do the same thing unapologetically, um, you know, I, I think that deserves at least some, someone to say, Hey, that's not right. And it's yeah. not God. And, uh, and they go, well, it's, you know, that's my God. No, you're God. I mean, there's no arguing with it. Right. Eventually you just have to accept that some people have a different perspective on it. And that's how it's easy for me to walk away from that conversation and be like, I don't, 
I don't have to agree. And these people really have no influence on my life anymore. They, they can't, the guilt that they're trying to put on me for, for saying that I was hurt by somebody, I don't even have to acknowledge that. I have to work that out myself and I'm not, if I don't get an apology for them or I don't get them saying what they did was wrong, like that's okay. I have to still move on. Let's jump a little bit further now to, um, sure. You know, me and you stayed, uh, I'd say you're one of my best friends and me and you stayed very close, uh, to each other, uh, talking a lot on the phone, dealing with our own personal struggles that we were going through sharing that, um, yeah. my first marriage was ending. I was going through a tough time. I know that you guys had a, uh, you and your wife were, were, had a, had a struggle at the time and we were able to really bond through that stuff. Um, and then you came to New York and saw me <laughs> the second <Yeah>. time <laughs> and I was dating and I remember that, um, he asked me if I was living beyond reproach. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to bring it up. Oh my God. And that was a joke okay. that we ran into the ground for many years. It's still it's still being run into the ground. Like I still kind of think in my head, like, did he really say that? <laughs> Dude, okay. I think that so, was a little DBC it, coming out. It was be- because you're so <laughs> all right, the context was we're sitting on the front the front steps of that apartment. And the stoop, yep. Uh, we were on the stoop watching some guy get arrested or something that night. Um, but we but we were just hanging out and talking. And you were talking about uh, dating that girl. And then I, I was like, <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it. It's the most... It's one of the most douchey, <laughs> shitty things that have ever come out of my mouth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like... Because, you know, as it, when I was still a pastor then, so I'm like, do you feel an obligation? And then it just poured out to live above reproach. God but damn it. That was terrible. Our friendship tattoo is a little cherub <laughs> holding a banner that says reproach on it, which we the, got many years later. For, that can be the image for this episode. And I would love to say that I also got screwed. Because my angel somehow ended up with three legs, and yours only has two. (laughs) You have to use Jay's tattoo as the image, though. For sure. Because because his, for sure, has three legs. (laughs) And And the best part was that when she was tattooing him, she obviously messed up. And you could tell because she's like, hey, man, I need you to sit still. And he was like. He was dead still the was, entire yeah. time. I was like a rock. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was sitting like a rock. He's like, "Hey, I need you to sit still." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then he gets a fucking three-legged angel. It was the best. Didn't realize it till the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, sir, sometimes when people wiggle during tattoos, I accidentally give them an extra limb on the image of the tattoo. Oh my god! I used to want to I, get it fixed, but now I'm like, no way. I love it. I love it. No, it's so good now that you you can't get it fixed, man. Because it's I gave you such a hard time way. about it for so many years that it was like <laughs> karma. Mm, I've just right. been like, screw you, Jay. You were a little tough on, <laughs> a little tough on Brian. 
it was great. It was in Houston, and we had a great time record shopping and doing all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You spoke at Revolution in New York. I did. Yeah. That was uh, over at Pete's. That was Pete's great. Candy Store. And, uh, you know, and at the time, I really did. I, I honestly felt this way, and I said, I really feel like if there's someone who is like, if if I could guess what Jesus is like, mm. I would guess it would be like Brian. And to this day... Uh, I remember you saying that. To this day, I honestly... There's very few people I wish were pastors or still pastors because I feel like it's a curse in some ways. But you're one person (laughs) that I feel like I really wish you were still pastoring because I think you have such a gift for that. Um you know, and I hope maybe somewhere down the future that happens, or somewhere down the future we work together and do something like that. Even if we do a podcast or something together, um, uh, you're so sweet, my you know, friend. That's, I just I've always that means a lot. I, I I rarely feel like you know when people get out of the ministry and get a good job, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you dodged a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> but you're one of the few people that I'm kind of like. Eh. He's doing Satan's work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? We I, I miss it. I really do. And it's it's a I still am in contact with so many people who have moved on. I I think about it all the time, and I I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Having your own building is the mistake. Financially, oh, it's some it's, it's and we were like putting on shows, and it it was so bad. We even had the prayer. Uh, back at our offices and we had this big room we were putting on shows and it, it was it just the the finances of it just don't make sense and we had all these kids I call them kids I mean you know they're, I was a kid then but um, still am in most ways but they uh, they were real passionate about doing stuff doing outreach giving money help helping helping uh, all these philanthropic different um, groups and working with the homeless and the church just didn't have the ability to finance any of it because we had to to pay to keep the lights on. Yeah. And um, and there's no there's no harm in that. Like you can let this fail, and it's perfectly fine. The whole the whole church thing. I miss I miss the whole interaction. I think we had a good group. I think the the vibe or the spirit if you want to call it of that church was like exactly what it needed to be of giving people a a place to explore what the bible is what jesus is what faith is uh explore community um come as you are all the the things that i think are are great about christianity um and be in a safe space that anybody could come in and say what they wanted to and ask the questions that they wanted to without sitting being judged. It's it's hard to cover so much, but we've only got a few more minutes, but I want to – Brian, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Um, so one of the – trying to think. We've jumped all over the place. Um, so – one of the things that I've not talked about publicly is uh, after my separation, um, I attempted to take my own life. And um, 
this will be the first time anybody's heard that probably online. Um, and because of that, I ended up in the mental hospital and they recommended that I get electrical shock therapy, ECT. And I was really scared about it. And I called Brian and I kind of told Brian everything that was going on with my divorce and my separation. And I think you talked to my ex a bit and you, um, flew out to Minneapolis to drive me to my ECT treatments. And so when I, you know, going back to that, what would Jesus do (laughs) bracelet? Um, that kind of thing. I mean, that was such an amazing thing because I wasn't all there because I was getting my brain shocked. That was a rough week. That was a horrible week. And I was at my lowest. It's the lowest I've ever been in my life. And you just took time off work. I think you got an Airbnb or something and, or a hotel. I don't know. (laughs) I was in that weird little hotel. yeah. Yeah. And just came and picked me up every day. Cause I couldn't drive and took me to ECT and it was terrifying and you comforted me and you were there for me. And, uh, I can't thank you enough for being one of the people who saved my life for me at the time, because of the ECT, I couldn't drive. I was not able to see my kids and the separation was so fresh that my wife had completely checked out and wasn't there at all. Um, and it was my friends, uh, Scott and Heather, who I was staying with, and you. You know, I mean, uh, Tony Jones was around some. But, you know, you were really there for me in my darkest hour um, when I was experiencing something very frightening and something that I would never want to go through again. And uh, to me, this is where being an introvert is really hard to be in community. I'm not the biggest fan of community. I'm going to be honest. It is hard for me to do. But this is where community really happens is when you build these types of bonds and these friendships, um, these covenants, you know, to use a Christian word, um, that, that are unbreakable. And, um, you know, you did that for me and I was, you know, I wanted to give up and you encouraged me not to give up. And, uh, you know, I feel like you're probably one of the reasons that I am alive. And so I am, uh, internally a grateful for you. I've come out the other side, a better person, a stronger person, um, but that's the type of thing that people – I want people to know about revolution is, you know, the community is like family. We, we lost a, a young girl uh, a few, few weeks ago who was a revolution staff member who was hit by a car, you know, and it was just devastating because the community is also the volunteers and the people who help out and people who make this church possible, which is not just me. It's a collective of people. And, um, so I thank you for that. It was, it was one of the scariest, uh, most surreal times of any friendship, buddy. I mean, I, 
that was that was a scary week for me as well. Just to see to see you like that, and then to hear you now is so night and day. And um, yeah, I mean, to revolution and and you have have always been that for me. I mean, you you guided me through a crazy time in my life, and and I think that this is what you do. This is what you do for people, be it, you know, Southern roots or, or whatever lingering, um, faith that I have, um, you're, you're worth it. People are worth it to show up for and to not just, uh, pile on Christian adages. Yeah. I mean, humanity can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's what gives me hope is because I really do believe in that and, and that people showing up for each other is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm so glad you're not getting zapped anymore. Man, me too. I was losing my mind. Couldn't remember anything. Um, yeah, hell of a road, man. Hell, hell of a time. Um, things are still a little bit tough, but I'm, you know, I've re- been able to re-embrace who I am and being a punk rocker and being a pastor and... And, and living who I want to be. Um, side note is you also helped make all of our revolution t-shirts and all this other stuff. So there's just a lot of connection there. Um, because we're running short on time, I guess we'll just ask the, the closing question. It's hard to go from such depth to this, but one of the things we ask online congregation folks is what can we do better for the online community, for the church? And, uh, you know, even if – it can also be what are we doing right? So that's kind of a question is what, what do you think we can do better? What are we missing? Well, I don't know about better. I'm really stoked to see all this new content coming out. Well, thank Caleb for that. I, I think Caleb's doing a great – a great job. I Thanks, man. I feel more connected now than than uh, than I have in recent memory. I think the content that you guys are putting out is great. Um, Jay, I've always told you, uh, I've probably said a hundred times that that your message of grace um, and the way that you've been able to to speak on that for so many years, I think, is so powerful, and it's like. I I love it. You can't you can't go through Galatians enough. Um, <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You, I mean, <laughs> you you can't go through Galatians enough. You can't speak on grace enough. It's it's what draws people to to the message of Jesus, um, and it it really everything builds from that man. And it's not the guilt based grace of uh, we're all such shitbags. It's um, I think your message of grace is. It's fantastic, and you've lived it, you've experienced it, and and I love hearing you speak on it. And um, I love that you've been sharing the mic and having some other people, uh, whether it's podcast or at Revolution or um, or I think that's great. Not a whole lot of people um, are willing to give up their platform for another voice because of the risk that they they see that comes along with that. Especially but Caleb. I think that's a beautiful thing. Well, thanks, buddy. I, that's encouraging to hear. 
I mean, honestly, I, I, I do want to give a lot of shout out to, to Caleb and our friend Josh, who's putting together our website and it takes a, takes a village, man. And, uh, you know, um, we've had some fun and you know what, we might end up calling you back and doing a part two Mm -hmm. to talk about some more of this stuff and, and, and more of the, you know, journey of me hanging out with your kids and getting to know your family. And I don't know, I, I think I would like people to just kind of see the possibilities of, I think why starting a church is important and even how people who leave the church still encourage you. I mean, you, I have people who are in the church who've encouraged me to leave the church and you've always seemed to have been the type to, to you and, and Pete and a few other people have just been like, no, keep going. And people are like, get another job and do all this. And instead I've decided to put my, throw my both feet in with the help of Caleb and some other folks at the church. And, uh, I think I'm really proud of the community we have and that we are a community and that we are a church and that it's not the Jay Baker show, you know? So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'm so proud of you, buddy. I'm, I'm proud of, of the group that you've formed both online and in person. Thanks Caleb for, for setting this up. And I love you, man. I'll always have from the first day and I, I'm really thankful for you. I love you too, buddy. I I can't ever uh, I can't verbalize it. I can't put it into words how much you've meant to me. But um, it's super reproachy. Yeah, super reproachy. <laughs> Completely below reproach. Some may say it's beyond reproach. <laughs> it's under reproach. <laughs> it's under. Um, well, we better go because I got to go pick up the kids at daycare. So thank you, Brian Yarborough, and this has been Yarborough Country on. Uh, <laughs> on the uh, uh, Meet Your Congregation. And, uh, uh, man, th- thanks for doing this. I'm, I'm so glad we got to do this and uh, definitely was not a disappointment. And uh, <laughs> I hope we can see each other very soon. Same here, buddy. Love ya. Love Talk you. Love you, too. Soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>